0: Hey there, this is Kyle Abair, the voice of Ryu from Street Fighter V. Rise up. The answer lies in the heart of battle. You're listening to ACMG Presents Talk Time Live. Haroken! This week, we talk about drifting issues, not by Nintendo Switch, but from the PlayStation 5? Also... One of my favorite mecha-based side-scrollers of 2020 now has a new single-player mode that you may want to check out. And in our final stage, we look back at 30 years of Street Fighter II and how it changed the way we play games today. All this and more as ACMG presents Talk Time Live Extra. Select Start. Welcome to the show to give you all the news, views, and opinions in the world of gaming. This is ACMG Presents Talk Time Live Extra. Select Start with your host, Xavier Josiah. Power up, and game on. Huh, yeah. Is it right to go on? They're all gone. They died for the planet. Will they ever forgive us? Right now, I really don't know. Yeah, 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 yeah been real. When I'm with ill, I spit skills. Get gilled like, like Mithril. Blow like a pinwheel. Live from the life stream, Tighten your flows. They get tossed in the cycle of souls and only the foolish try. The rest No full well is suicide. Monsters traveled here on the last noon to cry. Prototype of the aura site. Archetype parasite. Get your data right or get at like time. A lyrical rhyme slave. Erasure from my digital mind wave. Start up the crime wave. Project G. When the media falls. thought the future without reading your palms i read 13 chapters and the no rappers come after random nita blow like maco reactors uh, even the sister ray got the straight come with the ultima bring it into your day morning, everybody and welcome back to another episode of select start i am your host Dex Xavier Josiah that music that you're hearing right now is from the album entitled black materia the remake by none other than our very own megaran and game chops aka dj cutman and his crew they came together the best of both worlds came together to create one of the finest albums i've heard in terms of nerdcore hip-hop and it is awesome i mean well for those who don't know or you know fans who do know of mega ran black materia was the album that put him on a map and this is indeed a remake from that first album but in reference to the remake of Final Fantasy VII, so it was like the appropriate time. I highly recommend checking out this entire album. It is awesome, and especially the end because Mega Ran actually talks about everything that happened during the making of the remake and how it almost didn't happen. And it's it's such an awesome, awesome thing. The entire thing. I, I talked to both of them earlier and 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 related this game to that of Hamilton. Like I can after listening to this and how they put it together, this is like to me a hip-hop well hamilton is a hip-hop version or whatever but it's like a hip-hop telling of final fantasy and and in hindsight the minute that i was listening to that album i immediately thought like this can really work on stage like if they get a whole crew to you know do this and recite the uh, lyrics and everything they can turn this into a play Easily so, like I said, like I said this before I'm on uh when I first started playing this on this show. I hope when covid is done, this happens, it is that good. But go out of your way to check it out, it's available on uh gamechops.com, FanCamp, camp, and all other formats over there. You go to gamechops.com to find out this album and more. YouTube TV as well, YouTube music. You can check out many different formats, but it's definitely a worthy investment for those who are fans of the game and fans of those two uh, powerhouses over there as well so uh, I want to also before I get started with a lot of game news today I want to give a big thanks to my man Adam Shub who came onto the show he's an art well-known artist who creates a lot of retro gaming pixel art and he is not only my first interview of 2021 but like i said on the interview he is my he was my very first interview i've ever done when i started acmg like ever like legit uh it was a short interview but it was still was the one that paved the way for all the interviews that you now hear on this show, on, on on Talk Time Live in general, so it was great to hear from him and great to see that he's still doing it and like his work is awesome. Go out, out of your way to check out Adam Shub. You can follow him on Instagram at Square Painter. Very simply uh spelled, it's Square and Painter. Just put them together. That's it. You can also follow him on Facebook as well. And if you're interested, you could definitely check out his work and invest in it as well. Highly recommend. It. I got three or, uh, three of his works in my office right here. So you know and by the way we not only have the audio version of that interview but we also have the video version so if you watch the video version which is all up on talktimelive.com right now you can see some of his work and and how he does some of the work that he does on there we have clips of his uh youtube clips and whatnot and what else he's doing like his music and everything like that dude is awesome he's a great dude go out of your way to check him out adam shu thank you for coming on to the show once again and it was a long time coming as well but with that said we got a lot of gaming news to talk about we got some not a lot i don't want to say a lot but we got some really good news to talk about uh some very interesting subjects to talk about but on our final stage segment we got to talk about the 30 years of street fighter 2 they just celebrated their 30th anniversary this week uh and i was at all that it has been 30 years since I played that game and I remember my experiences with that game. So we're gonna talk about that and what impact that very game has made in the gaming industry in general. Because it is done. I mean, if you look back at the history of this, I mean it's it's amazing to see what they've done. I mean, like we're we're gonna go over things that were said in the 30th anniversary video game, but also things that it didn't talk about as well. So we'll we'll cover all of that in this episode as well. So let's talk some gaming news real quick and um for those who own a playstation 5 and who own a nintendo switch you may be able to you have something in common now apparently and i just discovered this myself and this is really crazy that this came up but just i'm not i'm not even joking around like just uh the day before yesterday i actually started experiencing drifting issues with the PlayStation 5 DualSense controller and I thought it was at first it was it was was nothing of the severity of what happens on a Joy-Con controller but I thought it was something going on and I noticed that some of the um, characters were in fact moving on its own and I thought that was just I thought that was just something in general that happens and I think it happened on when I played Judgment and I think it happened definitely happened when I played wwe 2k 19 uh recently i don't think it's done it anywhere else i think devil may cry was also the other game it did it too now I, I, I didn't take anything from it because the drifting issues that i had on the ps5 was nowhere near to that of the the nintendo switch's drifting issues but so i didn't think anything of it because i didn't expect the dual sense controller to have and i thought this was something only significant to nintendo because i've never seen this from a playstation controller not the playstation 3 not the playstation um four two one none of them xbox controllers even you know of the past I haven't had this experience before until the nintendo switch come to find out i'm going into the pages of ign and i see this article that talks about a, a u.s law firm that is pursuing an investigation for a class action suit against playstation for drifting issues and i was like oh so this is an actual drifting issue that is occurring in my exp- in my gameplay experience now this is interesting so turns out that the u.s law firm known as forgive me if i butcher this what Shem- uh Sh- what is this Shimocles? schwartz kriner or krenner and donaldson smith llp recently filed a class action suit against nintendo for their Joy-Con drift issues if you guys recall a while back that this was happening uh i recently discovered these issues myself and now csknd that's the way i'm gonna call this firm for now on has set up a questionnaire on their website which ask about your experiences with the uh, dual sense so if you have any of these experiences, definitely go onto their website in fact you could go on to ign.com right now I, I don't i didn't check to see if gamestop was covering this situation as well but i mean uh, game spot i should say or uh, game informer but this is a thing apparently this is happening I've, I've experienced these issues even not again not to the severity of that of the joy con but this is really interesting as to why all these new, these new analog uh, controllers are starting to have these little situations. What I, I can't figure out what's going on with that, and hopefully we'll find a way. I know th- I understand the situation with the um, with the design of the Joy-Con and how dust gets in and everything from there. And there are times that I had to go in and put in my own you know before they before nintendo actually started making it accessible to uh, to allow us to send uh in our joy cons so they could be repaired and sent back for free which i still have yet to do because i can't go without my joy cons you know if i if i take them if i have them both sent i won't i'll be without them for weeks so i'm kind of asked out on that part (laughs) in this case so what i end up doing is I end up going into Amazon and buying my own separate uh, Joy-Con and doing it myself and just putting in a new analog uh, stick to it, which works for a few months, and then I try to keep it clean, keep it dust-free. Eventually, just the drifting does come back. They haven't figured out how to fix that situation yet. Um, Hopefully, the PlayStation 5 DualSense controller doesn't get that bad because i really don't need that type of frustration from a controller that costs so much money from a system that costs so much money like this is something a well, of it's just weird that all of a sudden these issues are coming with these new gen consoles we've never had these drift issues we've been playing analog controllers for ages and now to see that it is happening like this what is going on in the in the design of these controllers that are making this happen i don't know uh, all i know is i want them to fix it immediately and it's also rumored right now that playstation is working on a updated controller with a new button added to it on the back so i don't know to which that button is going to be used for or whatnot but it seems to be there's something that they're working on so hopefully with that they'll also fix that issue and if they can fix that issue then we should want nintendo to do the same because yeah i am spending more money than i should be or any of us should be on a nintendo controller that should be a something exact like again the wii wii u and other uh, game controllers that they had with analog sixty sixty four 64 never had these issues i don't understand why this new design flaw is happening it's just, it's just interesting but we'll see and hopefully things will be you know troubleshooted at during that time so moving on to other news uh, hardcore mecha a game by rocket punch games which i actually reviewed last year one of i would say one of the best games that i reviewed last year and in fact possibly one of the best mecha based games i've played in quite a while great story development great side scrolling game deep uh gameplay uh, uh play mechanics and it's just all around awesome and it just this epic cinematic type of experience that you go through with this game rocket punch games is an awesome company and they they deserve everything that they get for what that they recently you know ported their game onto the um, nintendo switch after being on other systems for quite some time and i i've enjoyed it immensely well now there's another reason why to enjoy this game because they just added a new mode called simulation simulation is a mode that the player uh, develops new and more powerful mecha. So I, if you remember in multiplayer mode, there's a mode where it allows you to play different mechs in the game. This does it too, but from a single player uh, aspect. And actually, it, a, it's even more, it's deeper. Because you do this by developing them into battle simulations while testing their abilities. So you start off with one mecha. But as you continue to play through, you will earn currency, which will allow you to develop better weapons, defenses, and even new and more powerful mecha developed models. You will also have the ability to sell your weapons and mods in order to buy new uh, to buy new ones. When in action, your mecha is deployed into a survival mode where you fight waves of enemies. Um, at this time, there are 32 mecha models that you can actually acquire to customize and deploy into battle so uh simulation mode adds a much deeper form of replay value that should have keep fans playing for hours i consider hardcore mecha one of my best and, and in my library right now and now in 2021 we have another reason why to play this game so now you could only you could play this game for hours you know trying to earn uh, money because i mean the customization of this mode is very deep because you're not just trying to earn money to earn better weapons for your mech but you're also trying to earn money to customize your mech to become more powerful but then You also want to earn more money to get new max and then customize them and make door more powerful. And you had 32 different models to work with. That's a lot of time the 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 it it, there's gonna be a grind but not like one that is like completely hard because as you become more powerful it's gonna be a lot easier to face these uh waves of enemies and you're gonna be fine i made it up to like wave five when i started updating it and i got many more to go but i like this this is a fun pick up and play type of thing if you're on the road this is a mode that i mean the, the whole story mode is worth playing on the road as well but for just you know to pick up and play and just it, this is the equivalent of like back in the day when we had like rc racers and you would you know buy parts to modify them and make it faster to you know be, this is kind of the same thing but you're doing it um you know mecca bot you know um exosuits and whatnot so i love this and the designs of the game are so awesome so you cannot go wrong with this if you already own it Definitely uh, you know, boot it up and play it again and try this mode out. If you haven't played this game yet, and you're a fan of games like Gundam or you know, any of those other type of mech-based games, this game should be on your list of games like that. This game is absolutely awesome. I highly recommend this. Go out of your way to check it out. And it's been on an eShop for quite a while, so other you know, uh game shops as well, digitally. It's it's not that it doesn't cost that much either. I think it's under 20 bucks. I, it's been a while since I, I I got it. So I forgot the actual price of it, but it's worth it. It is more than worth it. I, I was eyeing this game when it was when it was uh, first arrived because it just kept appealing to me. And then I saw the trailer to this game and see what it entailed. And I was like, OK, I need to check this out. I need to jump into this. I'm in. And I did not regret one bit of it. Awesome game experience, man! Just so cinematic and so awesome, and, and full of impact and and epic moments. Just great, man! Just great. Hardcore Mecca is the best, point blank. And I hope that they, they do another one, and you know, in the near future. So, uh last bit of news I have. See, I told you I didn't have that much news. It was just epic news. And segue. This one is going to segue right into our final stage. But Street Fighter has announced a new character technically actually it was more or less leaked by twitch according to ign twitch accidentally leaked a new street fighter character named 11 via email that was sent to users 11 just so happens to be the final character of the street fighter 5 franchise like not just like not the final character to another that is going to end one season and open up another he is the final character meaning they're not going to make any more new characters for anymore because they made a ton of a dozens of new characters for these uh, seasonal games. But the cool part about this, and I'll talk about this in a bit, is that this might mean that there might be something other something else coming, hopefully, or they may be focusing on something else, hopefully. Um, Eleven is actually. If, if that name kind of sounds familiar number one it's because it's a is based on a numeric um you know uh, figure but also it is in relation to street fighter 3 and 11 is actually the prototype character of 12 who appears in street fighter 3 third strike now that all these characters are done and I, by the way, I love the way that design look of it. And if you play, um, Street Fighter three-third strike, which was one of my favorite of the bunch, not the, not my all-time best, but my favorite, my favorite is actually Street Fighter Alpha three max, um, uh, which played on the PlayStation, uh, was it a PlayStation two? What, what, not a PlayStation. It also played on a PSP, but you know, that was, that game among all of them was my favorite of the bunch um but street fighter 3 third strike was also great just visually it was awesome gameplay wise i i wasn't as good as that as i was with um with street fighter 3 alpha or street fighter alpha series or any of those other games because it felt a little bit restricted in terms of gameplay for me uh and it was a total new way of playing that game especially with the parry system of it but it was you know stuff like that that made it so awesome and when you see you know esport gamers out there playing it the way that they do it just really changes it up like i'm sure everybody who is a fighting game fan i forgot the name of the uh e player that that um play but there's footage out there of how certain esport gamers use the parry system in such a master masterful way it's just unbelievable what they what these gamers are able to do with with street fighters amazing but now that they have done and completed developing all these different characters does this mean that they will finally work on developing street fighter 6 could this be finally the case have they already been working on street fighter 6 you know all these questions hopefully will come in the years in, in, in the years following or hopefully within a year Hell, i would be happy if they even tell us that they're developing on a dark game because that's a game that i believe needs to uh, make a resurgence as well and have anybody noticed that there has been a drought in fighting games lately i have I've realized this, and I, you know, why I've realized this because I've looked back at my backlog of games that I actually um, reviewed in 2020. There's not any, virtually any fighting games that I've reviewed in that game at all. Fighting games have become scarce lately. I don't know why. It's and I, actually I shouldn't know why. I think part of it is because companies like Capcom, companies like Bandai Namco haven't been developing. New games. Instead, they've been doing ongoing games and just putting in more effort into their current games. That's why we have Street Fighter Five came out like years ago, and they're still making content for that game. You got Bandai Namco who's still putting in content for Tekken and Soul Caliber, and you still got you know um, other games like Dragon Ball Fighters are still coming out with content years afterwards as great as that sounds i would rather them come out with better with more games i i really i really would i would rather them come out with more games maybe sequels to the games that they've already come out with that they're still working on now i you when you really think about it if they're doing all that nobody's working on new titles and to me that's that that's a shame because the anticipation of a new game with new story narratives, with new gameplay, it's just it's not there because they're focusing so, so much on the one game that they already developed like years ago. And I honestly, when you realize you can see the problem here now when you talk about it, um, I know we this year there's only two games that have been mentioned so far in terms of fighting games. That is King of Fighters 16 which is uh still releasing new um announcements of characters that are coming i i haven't talked about king of fighters 16 because right now they haven't really said anything they they're announcing fighters that are coming out like which your normal fighters um Kyo and uh Iure, y- yagami and stuff like that who are my favorites i love them they are awesome but i want to see more I want to see more. And in, and in their case, they still haven't announced where we're going to be playing this game. It's obvious that we're going to be playing this on PlayStation 5 and obviously on the Xbox Series X and uh, Series S, as well as Steam. Is this going to make it onto the uh, Nintendo Switch? That's what I want to know. Because we got Samurai Showdown. I don't see why we can't get that. But nonetheless, you have that game and you have Guilty Gear Strive, which is slated to come out later on this year. That's it that is it and i th- i think these companies may need to look back at what they're doing right now because it's all cool that they're coming out with these games and they're focusing on continuing to focus on these games like capcom put a lot of energy into street fighter 5 over the years so much so that it was nominated for multiple years but as you notice there hasn't been that many co- in competition like last year's game awards for their categories for um, best fighter. You had Mortal Kombat, which was undeniably awesome. You had Street Fighter V, which really didn't do anything new. So to me, Street Fighter V was just a filler pick. And then you had One Punch Man. And I'm like, I don't recall anybody giving, reading reviews where One Punch Man was like that legit of a fighting game. And I had that game. I actually have the game and, and currently playing it, but I'm not drawn to that game and like i was with mortal kombat (laughs) that game doesn't provide that much fanfare as much as what mortal kombat did like mortal kombat there was no way nobody was going to beat mortal kombat last year and it happily deserves that what what they did they gave you a whole nother game uh with that new story mode and such like that and we haven't seen much of that like i want to see new games i want to see new fighters come in so we'll see i hopefully capcom you're work you got something up your sleeve this is not the end of the street fighter franchise or we want to see more i mean god how many of us have actually talked about project justice or rival schools that needs to make a comeback maybe street fighter 6 if they are working on that bring in some of the rival school you know characters into that because for goodness sakes that is a game that people that is a cult classic fighter rival schools is awesome and it is connected to the street fighter universe it's high time we see Batsu make a comeback and and Sakura team up with him again and make a comeback like we need to see this I I truly believe but hopefully as we go get uh, as we get closer to 2021 uh later on and into 2022 we'll start to see a resurgence of fighters again and when it comes to Street Fighter 6 it'll be interesting to see what they do without Yoshinori Ono as the game producer because if not for him we would not be where we're at with fighting games now like fighting games wouldn't be an interest again he helped bring back that with Street Fighter 4 and revitalized the entire genre so I mean like do we need him again to do this again i don't know we will see but folks that will do it for this segment we're going to take a break come back enter the final stage and talk about the 30 years of street fighter 2 and what impact it had on not only the fighting game genre but gaming history in general. We'll do that right after this. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Dax Xavier Josiah, the host of ACMG Presents Talk Time Live, the podcast. You want to catch up with all of our podcast shows and hear from some of the hottest names in all of anime, comics, movies, and games, such as... This is Miley Flanagan, the voice of Naruto. This is Stephanie Shea, the voice of Sailor Moon. This is Ruben Langdon, voice of Ken Masters and Dante from Devil May Cry. Hey there, this is Kyle Hebert, the voice of Ryu from Street Fighter V. This is Chris Battle, character designer of Teen Titans Here's your chance to check out all of that and more on TalkTimeLive.com TalkTimeLive.com provides all of our ACMG content with new and previous episodes, exclusive interviews, articles, and much more. Visit TalkTimeLive.com and let us help you learn to let go, live life, and love all things ACMG. Talk Talk Time Live! Hi guys, this is Ruben Langdon. You're listening to ACMG Presents Talk Time Live. Show what you can! Oh, gentlemen we are back with our final stage segment and we're going to talk about the 30 years of street fighter 2 just recently we celebrated the 30th anniversary of street fighter 2 now i know on my last show i was confused as to why they're celebrating another 30th anniversary of a game uh that was celebrated in 2017 and i now just figured out and realized that its total focus is now on street fighter 2 whereas the original what I'm looking at through the stuff that I had was just celebrating Street Fighter in general because Street Fighter, uh, the original series, came out first, and then we're celebrating everything that goes on after that. So this in particular, 30th anniversary, is clearly and solely on Street Fighter 2, which in hindsight is the more important one than the original because it really truly capitalized on what the first one did, but took it to a whole new level. And because of that, it has changed the way we play video games today. And people need to understand that if they haven't already. Uh, I know there's a lot of people listening right now. I think I've ranged from, in terms of demographics, I think I've ranged from probably the 18 to 45-year-olds, with the 45-year-olds who probably already played this game or even know a lot about this game and what it has done, to the 18-year-olds who know about this game that is popular because of uh, Street Fighter V and four, but don't know all the history of the game. They actually may own the 30th anniversary uh, game, but haven't read the history that's in it so this episode is going to talk about some of that plus some other things that they don't talk about in that game in the game uh history for those who i don't know don't realize that capcom came out with a 30th anniversary uh game not too long ago that has every single version of street fighter 2 in there and not only that it also comes with the history of how they developed the game and what went into the development of street fighter of the original street fighter 2 what was left out and what was brought in you know and it's some very interesting things i highly recommend you not only owning that game but it's a it's a part of game history it's not just you know playing some of the old games all over again but it's really looking into the history of what made this game done and i love the way that they did it uh and when they you know put so much fanfare into this uh this particular anniversary title but man Street Fighter 2 it changed it, it was a game changer for me it, it really changed the way I looked at video games it changed the way I loved video games and I became a fan of video games and what I want to ex- see and expect in video games um, when it comes to character development when it comes to character design and storytelling and narrative it all came around to what street fighter 2 was able to accomplish my first experience playing street fighter 2 i think i was like what it was 1992 and so it's like what was it 1982 was it 1980 it was 1989 actually forgive me I've, i think i was like my goodness 89 uh i think 92 16 maybe like 12 13 14 and uh, you know when that game came out and I tell you what, I went to the corner store. I first no when I first played it, it was it was around my cousin's uh, house. Nice to visit my cousin, hang around with him and his buddies. And he had the game there. They had Street Fighter one there. And that was my first experience. Then then that same store ended up uh, getting rid of the the place. uh, I said the PlayStation, the Street Fighter one cabinet. And then here we go. Street Fighter two. Now, Street Fighter 1 had only two buttons. This one had six buttons, and it was a whole new thing, and it was a game changer, and it just, there was people all packed into this store, and then you go to arcades. When I got a little bit older, a year later or so, you go, you go to arcades, and you see pe- just people packed all over these, yeah, these cabinets for Street Fighter. It became one of the most played games in any arcade in America at the time, and possibly Japan as well it th- there's a huge story in turn and uh, what go uh, what goes on with this game but i tell you what the play experience in arcades is something that unfortunately kids today will never have to experience and trust me when i tell you playing uh, video games in an arcade is way different than playing online playing online feels so isolated and I, that's why i can't really get down with online gaming because you don't have that 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 human interaction you know that human camaraderie you know you're you're on line with people you don't know who you don't see and you know they can't troll you at this time because if you're in an arcade you're in front of somebody so if you really want to start something you're really you're really putting yourself on front street at that point but that that doesn't happen as often in the arcades because everybody is just trying to have fun trying to get you know into the game there always is some scruffle but not not to the length of you know what you would think but playing street fighter in arcade was so awesome and then also checking out tournament live tournament game experiences in arcades and game stores as well has been an awesome thing too let's talk about the history of street fighter 2 here the developers originally came up with a story that takes place like now now what i'm about to say is not based on the actual story that we know of the game now but it's the story that they were planning to actually do and this was i found this very interesting when i first read this so the developers originally came up with a story which takes place in an uninhabited island that was purchased specifically to host a grand mixed martial arts tournament mixed martial arts fans does this sound familiar to you this does because if you were if you recall ufc president Dana White actually literally did this. <laughs> fight Island is real. He created Fight Island during the COVID era which, you know, allows fighters to go away from the country, be in a safe environment in this bubble where they can't get infected by anybody and fight in competitions against other people and other opponents in this island this island has a whole bunch of different areas that they could go into it is insane what capcom was was going to do for street fighter 2 is now happening in real life thanks to dana white in the ufc that i find very very funny and very interesting and even further even funnier part is that I'm sure Dana White doesn't even know what the hell a Street Fighter 2 is to that extent. Or he may know because his kids know, but he doesn't pay attention to stuff like that. He's, he was a boxer, you know, and a boxing promoter. And now he's one of the world's renowned mixed martial arts promoters out there. You know, it's, it's just crazy that, you know, Capcom came out with this concept long ago. But they never pursued it so what they did instead is you know what we all know is that they you know they have all of our favorite characters go around the world competing against each other in this world tournament but the idea of them going to an uninhabited island would have been awesome because what they were doing is that they were going to make a game that featured eight fighters in seven stages that revolved around this island and of course each fighter had its own backstories as well apparently also ryu and ken weren't going to be even a part of the sequel they were in the first one but they were not going to be a part of the original roster that was intended the original concept would have uh included special modes such as handicap matches uh clashes of fate and beauty versus Beast, whatever that entail capcom uh also has sketches <laughs> this was an interesting thing Uh, the sketches of what the island would have looked like with the seven stages including which included a city a boat waterfall forest cave bridge and a temple i mean if you saw if you go if you have the game the street fighter 30th anniversary uh game you can see all of this in there and you can see all the all of these sketch concepts that they had in there. I, you know, reading and seeing these sketches, these sketch concepts, really makes me want to see what this would have been if they have done it in this format. Now, not all of it was great, I tell you. Not all of it was great in any sense because when we go to the characters, and that's going to be interesting. The history archives of the game also gives backstories to the characters they originally were going to use in the game, and it's funny. They got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight characters that we've never seen the light of day. They were all replaced by the characters that we now see in Street Fighter 2. It's amazing what they've done with this. And when you read some of the stories and the character designs of some of these, some of them are like range from, yeah, I would love to see what they would do with this character if they brought it in to i am so glad they never came out with this character because this would have been something this would have not been good <laughs> some of the cast some of the concepts that they came out can be from range from ridiculous to borderline racist so even more than what you kind of predict now with some of the characters that they have now or stereotypical someone someone was borderline racist but um let's read them let's read it for instance Um uh, masaki kaku kakuda, uh, kakuda which was your karate master. It sounds like it was going to be their main protagonist there. You had Zhai um, Lee, who was, who was a Kempo master. That would have been cool. I actually like um, the martial, the Kempo martial art um, and how, is, how it's uh, practiced. Uh, Bun Bobo. this is one of those ones where it kind of you know rears into the stereotype racist type of thing. Bun Bobo, who was a create, uh, a capoeira fighter. And they don't say he's Brazilian or whatever like that. They just say he's a Capoeira fighter. And I get why this character wasn't uh, didn't make it in at all. You had uh, Dick Jumpsy, which was an American boxer. Now, if you guys remember, you know, in its place was Balrog, A.K.A. in Japan, M. Bison, which was, of course, originally supposed to be uh, an influence on Mike Tyson course they had to change the name because mike wasn't having it and he was going to sue or worse you know i, I don't want to do cliche jokes about mike tyson but you you get it um <laughs> you know if you said it once you you say one mike tyson's joke you said it all but you know they end up changing that uh tepeir mayor which was a mass strong style pro wrestler that one i would have been i would have liked seeing too now when you look at the his character because he the funny thing about his character if you see the sketches of him he wears a mask but the mask kind of looks like it has a star in the middle and what if you're an old school retro gamer what other character do you know that is a wrestler with a mask that has a star on it of course we look at ns uh nes's pro wrestling starman so i don't know if that would have played off right with them either so they decided to take that out and if you guys remember they also came out later on with uh saturday night slam masters which also has a two, like two max um uh characters in there one a protagonist and the other one an antagonist so they kind of i guess it could have been possibly that they've moved that character onto that and didn't remodify him to make something really cool from that you also had uh, Shike or shiki muller which was a former green beret you also had another character named great tiger now again if i remember correctly pro wrestling has a great tiger i think in there as well so there you go but this guy was a saucer and master of what is called the fictitious art known as zun zo ken uh also known as aftermath after image fist i should say and then we got Annabeba. A, I pronounced that right. baby. A N A B E B E. A beastmaster raised by lions. Now, here's where the part is trouble with this character. <laughs> and I want to note this: the character, this character of color, apparently has a tamer named Rothenberger who keeps him shackled in chains. If I'm describing it to you in a certain way, you can only imagine what it looks like when you look at the sketches of this. I am so absolutely, I'm actually, I'm surprised that they even showed this and have it in the game, that they showed the sketch concept in the 30th anniversary game. First of all, it's done in pencil. The sketches are all done in pencil. So when they they draw the color of the character, it is of a it would appears to be a black man with a spike collar and chains the character has a tamer quote-unquote named Rothenberg <laughs> who has some shackled and chains are you freaking kidding me <laughs> I'm so happy that Capcom used a critical thinking to say okay this is not going to fly. We can't do this. And take note. I remember, if, if any of you have been listening to my shows, I, a while back, did an episode that talked about the old anime series, Kanikuman, which is based on the uh, toy line, the Kinikuman toy line in, in America they were called Muscle. Well, when I was watching this series, we also talked about how there's this infamous episode that is so borderline racist it ain't funny i mean like has kaniko man in blackface because he's portraying this band this real life band who also played in blackface this was like a modern rock band in japan i think and it was explained to me by one of my previous guests that you know at the time people in japan didn't have the internet they didn't they weren't as informed as the most of the world and information got to them pretty fairly late and that is I can believe that in a sense because I remember growing up and you know as you know when I was a kid and um, I will watch you know I remember watching a segment I think on to the the today's show or one of those or Good morning America or something like that when my mom was't uh, and, and father was around and they had this segment where there are some parts of the world that just now learned the moonwalk which is something that was popularized and actually for many people is argued created by michael jackson but in other parts of the world some first world country uh, third world countries or whatnot or some eastern countries they just now learned that technique and you know people were crazy over it and in fact it was michael jackson who kind of popularized it as well so yeah i can see because back then in 89 88 87 86 85 84 there was no internet internet the internet was around but it was not commercialized as it is today it didn't get commercialized until like about 89 or 90 when we started getting dial up and such so information does not go didn't come as fast and, and i'll say that to say that it is possible that the way the conduct that they had back then was unbeknownst to them as to what was racist because there was a lot of things that we were doing back then that we're not doing now because we look back then as like okay that wasn't cool big example uh, many of us watched the dukes of hazard back in the day but and many of us claimed that we loved the general lee but now looking back at the history of the confederate flag that you know for most people that plays a conscious you know type of vibe to it that we don't really look at now so you know this is one of those situations but credit to capcom as they looked at this and whoever designed this that they said we can't do this by any stretch we can't do this a character of color in chains that is without a doubt a slave tamer my ass that is a slave owner (laughs) that's exactly what it is there's no way that character even back then i think that character wouldn't have vibed that character would not have fly we barely got we barely accepted kamala in the world of wrestling by the way (laughs) you know that character was able to get away what he does i think i think if kamala had chains in his in his neck and his arms that would have caused a lot of controversy even back then so kudos for them for not bringing out that character um it was also noted too that when when it came to trying to make a sequel to the original street fighter it there was a lot of concepts um that were forming including a actual beat-em-up side scroller that was going to be called street fighter 89 which didn't come to fruition but instead turned into another game called final fight which now is a is is a legit spinoff to in the street fighter universe they all come together now thanks to street fighter alpha and a lot of other games that have come after that as well so let us talk about now how street fighter has changed the way we play video games today god if you guys only know if you don't know now you're about to know the game was one of the first games to use a control scheme which consists of multiple buttons for different attacks using various punches and kicks. And and I will to you not, I grew up. I grew up in what is, what I, like, if you've listened to the, the Adam Shue interview that I just did, I grew up in what was known as possibly the Paleolithic era of video games or i should also say the caveman era for those who don't know what paleolithic means um it is it's it's the oldest of the oldest era of video games and i would say i i can honestly say i own the game pong thanks to radio shack uh we had the game pong and then shortly after we had the atari 4800 which only had one button the the pong game didn't even have a button it had a a, a knob that rolled the controller back and you know left to right you know uh horizontally so you know as you're playing the game or or vertically i should say because it was uh and uh the blocks were in vertical mode so you had that but then atari 4800 came out and you had this joystick with only one button coleco vision shortly came after and had also a controller that had a analog Uh, controllers stick to it but it had uh calculator buttons on there as well and side buttons as well so technically it was still one button but for some reason i never understood what was the use of the the uh the number crunching buttons that they had in there the, the calculator buttons or whatever it just looked cool back then but then shortly after nintendo entertainment system came out and now we had a two button controller and we've had two button controllers ever since then sega master system two button controller then we moved on to the next generation which was the sega master i mean not the sega master system the sega genesis which then had three buttons and then rivaling that was the super nes which had also six buttons in there shoulder two shoulder buttons for um buttons right there a lot of that was influenced by the fact that street fighter it was the only game at the time in arcades that had six buttons no other game that you play afterburner hang on all of any of those games um you know uh karate champ any of those games none of them had those had a six button controller control scheme street fighter was absolutely the first to have that in arcade cabinets as well this gameplay changed everything uh it allowed multiple buttons like i said for attacks and various punches and kicks the gameplay style influenced many other games after that sega genesis created even created a six button controller which was made specifically for their version of street fighter 2 while nintendo created their own controller for their version as as well as many other games on the super nes um you, for those who owned a super nes and a genesis and owned both of those games you know the contrast and comparison two. but while the super nes had a perfect translation uh from the arcade uh cabinets of street fighter the original um the sega had some limitations to their genesis system which didn't allow you to have that perfect translation there were some audio differences in the game and, and such but the uh fluidity of the gameplay was there so to remedy that and to combat that um and to compensate that i should say for its limitations sega the sega version gave players the opportunity to play as the four shadowloo bosses which included in bison the sake the super nintendo version didn't have that until uh, they came out with um what was it? The, the Hyper Fighters version. Or, or the uh, Turbo version, I should say. So, that was one of the best things ever. And that was one of the reasons why I stuck on with uh, Genesis at the time. Was because of that. But, Street Fighter 2 managed to, you know, spawn many different versions of this game. Now, you talk about expansions. I mean, they were the originators of this. Like, I just talked about how Street Fighter 5 kept going for years on in with their expansion packs but in fact this is nothing new but even still with that they were able to still make other games whereas capcom has not made another fighter outside of uh, Street Fighter 5 since they've started but here you had Street Fighter 2 Street Fighter 2 Turbo Street Fighter 2 Hyper Fighters which really changed the game and i remember i think it was hyper fighter where you know arcade owners were able to put in a chip that allowed chun li to actually throw in fireballs at the time which then influenced capcom to create what is now known as uh, the kikuken uh technique that she uses now uh you also had street fighter 2 the new challengers which added on four new characters you had um what was a t-hawk you had dj you had cammy and um and and um fei long that was added to that as well and then of course Street Fighter 2 Super Street Fighter 2 Turbo which premiered and debuted Akuma so there you have it we'll talk about that situation in a sec but um, I think all of all of them yeah Super Street Fighter 2 Turbo was absolutely the best and I think it's because of the addition of the four but also Akuma coming in well and, and Akuma was just a game changer in terms of character development in terms of characters in general because he was just the most evil baddest of the baddest before there was yujiro hama on baki there was akuma and a lot of you know otaku or anime fans out there will always compare yujiro uh, hama to that of M. Bison because they kind of have a or i'm sorry to that of uh, akuma because there's some similarities to their Characters as well as just being pure evil in this case, so almost kind of rare it for Ujiro because we've seen Ujiro's just heartless. If you watch Baki, man, if you watch the early episodes of Baki when he was growing up, his father was relentless. I, I just tell you, let's also talk about the mainstream appeal that this game has had on pop culture in general. I mean, the game spawned a line of toys, both for action figures and even collectibles as well still to this day is being sold um we also got a chance to see it in animated form both a crappy usa network television series and an anime series a couple of anime series in japan i would highly recommend watching those (laughs) but then you also had also a very memorable crappy but still watchable movie that starred Uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme as well that we can never forget and rest in peace Raul Julia because if not for that movie we would have never got the famous line for me it was Tuesday (laughs) if you haven't heard this line by Raul Julia by the late great Raul Julia I highly recommend watching the actual movie just for that line when he talks to Chun-Li who is played by Ming-Na Wen at the time like this is where everybody knows ming na from you know i know she played mulan the voice of mulan before that but this is where she really this is one of the best things that came out of that movie was that in Raul julia and his final performance as in bison and she talked about how he killed her father and he didn't remember it and his response to that was for you it was the worst day of your life but for me and the camera zooms in and pans on his face it was tuesday that line has been played so many times <laughs> in, in years it is awesome he, the way he delivered that it was like if out of anything that you remember about street fighter the movie the live action movie that jean-claude van damme played uh as gal believe it or not um that is the one line that you will never forget the, that one line makes the whole movie so you know You've gotten movies like that. Um, We've also got The Legend of Chun-Li, which was also another bomb of a movie. Like, legit, a true bomb of a movie, unfortunately. Um, We also had the animated movies in Japan, uh, which were awesome. But, credit to Joey Answer and Mike uh, Moe, who also was uh, a guest on this show. During the time when I interviewed him, they came out with the uh, and with the live-action series known as Street Fighter Assassin's Fist. And when they did that, it changed everything. I mean, Joey Answer put in his own money to create what he believed was a much better representation of this game that it deserved. And it was met with a horde of praise. And it went viral everywhere at the time. It was so popular that Capcom decided to hire Joey Answer and mike moe who mike Mo, by the way who later on uh went on to play bruce lee in once and upon a time in hollywood with brad pitt and leonardo dicaprio <laughs> okay so i mean there you go but um and he was on the show and before that but nonetheless they went on to make street fighter assassin's fist which is arguably and i wouldn't even say arguably it is the best live action street fighter series of all time at this point we until somebody else makes another one this really represented what we all loved about the game in true to life form and so we had that so um street fighter had a wide range of popularity in all different forms uh it's just a testament of that Let's talk about um, some other things that you know we haven't talked about, too, like how Street Fighter 2 really, truly put eSports on the map. I mean, wh- while we had like games like Space Invaders and you had Nintendo with the Nintendo World Championships back then, uh, which were like the first forms of eSport competition, it was Street Fighter that made it truly like a sport and took things to the next level. The idea of competition of competitive one-on-one uh fights which truly puts you against not only your computer opponent but your real world opponent as well uh as well as uh you know just a whole competition of others just added so much more depth and drama to the gameplay gamers began to not only learn more uh, how to play the game but also develop their own play style thanks to the new and well-designed multiplayer multi-button control scheme and cps arcade system that evolved even more and more as these games start to develop more uh you know versions of it people uh would come from arcade to arcades participating in tournaments to play against the uh best of the best and we also you know because of the internet back then we were starting to see Different. You were starting to see video footage of other people around the world, like especially back then. People, the gamers in Japan, were absolutely fierce. I mean, they would. We thought we were playing great and greatly then. No, if you would watch some of the game footage of uh, Japan gamers back then, we had it. It took us years. It took us damn i say decades to get to the level and i'm saying us and the united states to get to the level of that of those in japan because they were always one step ahead of us in terms of gameplay and in gaming and uh, on street fighter and in other games as well like i remember watching a uh, watching video footage of somebody playing virtual fighter 5 dominantly with one hand like watching his there was footage of him playing the game and then also a a picture in picture panel uh panel of him uh working his fingers in the same in real time of the gameplay footage it was insane it was absolutely insane what he was able to do it was crazy but this was the level that japan was playing at the time it was always highly known that japan players was at a whole nother level they were like i would i would compare it to dragon ball we were krillin and they were goku and super saiyan uh, three mode (laughs) that's the best way i can compare us in terms of uh playability level you know so because of this capcom successfully made billions not just millions they made billions from gamers playing the games in arcades all around the world in 1994 the company sold over 200,000 arcade cabinets to arcades, and over 15 million software units worldwide, with an estimated growth of 10 billion in revenue. Well deserved, by the way. And then, you know what else added that to added that money? EGM, Electronic Gaming Monthly thanks to them and their april fool's joke that started every single april fool's joke and all of social media to this day i don't know if that'll work on in 2021 now i don't even remember us having april fool's day on 2000 i think 2000 um i think april fool's day in 2020 has been canceled i don't know if it will be the same for this year either it depends. If we get a vaccine, no, maybe we should wait to 2022. Because if anybody does an April Fool's joke on a related to the vaccine, that's going to cause a lot of trouble. But I digress. Shenlong was an April Fool's joke that made Capcom richer. Who could have ever forgot the infamous EGM, Electronic Game Monthly, April Fool's joke that started it all in 1992. They published a fake Tips and Tricks article because they always would post a Tips and Tricks article all the time. However, their April edition, there was a Tips and Tricks article that claimed that there was a hidden character in the original Street Fighter 2 game by the name of Shen Long, which was a character that Ryu would mention every single time he would beat an enemy. In order to face him, that as told by the game, As it's told by the article in that game. And I remember I used to own that article, too. It's it's legendary. (laughs) Absolutely legendary. Uh, You talk about the original catfish moment, boy, I tell you. In order to face him, you would have to play as uh, Ryu. And you cannot receive any damage throughout the entire game. Pretty much making a perfect in every game. Now, I've actually attempted this. I was, I was all duped in this. I've actually attempted and did and, and absolutely succeeded in playing in this game and, and getting every character perfect. And if I didn't, I had to reset it again. So it was a lot of trial and error and repetition. I remember this fondly. Only for it not to happen. Irked my nerves, but I was like, yo, I gotta give it to him for this. After going through this for 10 consecutive rounds, Shenlong was supposed to have appeared out of nowhere and throw M. Bison off the edge of the screen so you can face the powerful master. Does this sound familiar to you? It should because it later on turned into something real. Not only was this not true, but gamers around the country also forked over millions of dollars in arcade revenue to try to face this mythological character capcom was so inspired by this or probably felt guilty i should say about this action that they decided to create an actual character by the name of akuma aka goki in japan who debuted it in super street fighter turbo or super street fighter x i should say as well this made up for it majorly because akuma was awesome and still is to this day he's still hell i have a I have one of those beaded arts of akuma right above me in my office right now that's how badass he is there is no other like akuma uh shout out to um to uh and out there send Amir out there who um, directed uh, assassin's fist and played that character by the way uh joey An- answer i should say um he was awesome he he did a great job doing that that uh street fighter assassin's fist and he played akuma on air the more aged and evil akuma version on air but uh street fighter 2 success would inspire other companies to try their uh, success in what is now known as the fighting game genre including snk who developed a library of legendary fighters uh, such as uh, fatal fury art of fighting world heroes and later bring a lot of them all together not including world heroes to create what is widely known as king of fighters snk would also create one of their one of the first if not the first weapons-based fighter uh fighting game known as samurai showdown where every fighter would be equipped with their own signature sword or weapon. Fun fact about uh, Fatal Fury, for those who don't know, Fatal Fury was in fact designed by Takashi Nishiyama. If that name sounds familiar, it's because he was the guy who created the original Street Fighter. He went on to work with Capcom and created Fatal Fury and Art of Fighting, and uh, you know, it totally changed the game for that. You know, he, he brought in a new, a, a nuance to the genre when he made those games because they played differently from that of uh from that of uh street fighter and street fighter 2 as well so and we know how popular fate of fury in art of fighting and king of fighters have become since then so um you also had midway now netherrealm studios who would create street fighters true rival and that of mortal kombat their american arrival, I should say uh which not only was popular for its realistic design at the time uh but of course their blood and violence which also changed the way games are played from a rating standpoint thanks to congress and joe lieberman trying to stop kids from playing such gratuitous games like that um then you also had sega's am2 development uh studio which uh was headed by the legendary yu suzuki who really changed and revolutionized games in general also creating the first 3d fighter ever and arguably the first 3d arcade game ever or game if you want to just say it like that known as virtual fighter uh which is now in the miss in the smithsonian museum so put that into consideration (laughs) namco now known as uh, Bandai Namco, created their own series uh, that derived from what Virtual Fighter was doing and uh, Yu Suzuki has done called Tekken and would later create another popular weapon-based 3D fighter known as Soul Calibur. So they jumped into the game and made their own in and fighting game genre as well. Street Fighter 2 is survived by its many sequels and fighting games that were created to provide a fierce form of competition and fun that the company intended not only that though street fighter 2 also should be credited for providing story development as well being able to choose characters with different backstories and play vicariously through the lives of these fictitious character uh, personalities i should say as they try to reach their goal and destinations was something not felt in in other games before not in this fashion not in this way because i mean yeah you had mario who was seeking to save the princess you had other side scrollers you had you know simon belmont who went after you know um who went after you know dracula of course i mean you had other characters to do it but the way that they did it in street and street fighter 2 because Street Fighter 1 only had you playing as Ryu. And then if you played as Ken, it was only because they were doing it in, 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 in like two-player, and co-op play. But in Street Fighter 2, you had the option to play at the beginning eight characters. And then later on, 12 characters because you were able to play as the four Shadow Load characters as well. But each character had their own backstory. So it what it, what it did for gamers is that it allowed us to form a bond with a particular character and these day and ages the kids call it their main (laughs) but you know a main is basically a character that you bond with or you relate to that you can assimilate into i um you know their their fighting style their personality their backstory stuff like that you really can get down on what they what they are and what they feel and this was the case. You don't have this type of bond like this with any other game experience. Like, you understand Chun-Li's journey of trying to fight, you know, trying to face M. Bison because he killed her father. You know, who was an Interpol cop trying to infiltrate Shadow you, uh, you You want to play as Guile, who also was looking for Bison because he killed his uh, partner, uh, Charlie Nash. You had Ryu, on the other hand, who was just fighting in a tournament to become the strongest in the world. You had Ken, who was also fighting to, uh, uh, to prove that he is just as powerful, if not better, than Ryu, who is his frenemy, pretty much. Uh, so many different storylines to this. You had Zangief, who was a pro wrestler uh, and that was in the game from Russia. You had E-Honda, who wanted to prove that sumo wrestling is the best form of fighting ever. Yeah, I mean you had Dalsim who, you know, was just there <laughs> to that, some extent. I, I really forgot Dalsim's real backstory, but but then you had Blanca who took the place <laughs> Blanca was absolutely the man who t- um was the character that took the place of Anna Bebe. <laughs> Thank goodness, which was very appropriately done by turning him into a green mutated beast of some sorts with a mystery of him in in a uh third world country of some sorts so instead of them making you know the Anna ba- the Anna Bebe character who was absolutely undoubtedly a racist character <laughs> they settled for Blanca. I'm great with that and I love Blanca. Yoshinori Ono loves Blanca. that is his favorite character if you've ever seen yoshinori ono in in um e3 or san diego comic-con uh which i have had the pleasure of getting a chance to meet him and have him sign a few of my things he my my nintendo switch the only nintendo switch i ever had was signed by him from at san diego comic-con uh and even when this ever dies out which by the way this game this this speak volume say what you will about the joy-con but the nintendo switch is a long lasting powerful tool i've had this since 2017 it is 2021 this thing still plays just as hard as it did when it first came out so take that into consideration as well but he signed that because in honor of the man who really changed away and he signed a few other things for me as well um but he blanca is his favorite character you know for whatever reason i forgot but he loves blanca he carries this little Character figure, whatever he used to go before he left the company, but it, it, it's um you know it, it's it's a great influence as to what they were able to do with the um, with these characters and how you were able to connect with these characters and you know then they brought in Cammy and all these other characters and you know you really got into the story. Now there are some who don't care about the story element. There there are gamers who don't care. Like all right, let me just put it like this way: my brother-in-law, me and him have. The constant debate as to what makes the fighting game genre so good this is the reese's peanut butter chocolate peanut butter peanut butter and my chocolate and chocolate and my peanut butter debate where we have it is basically it's the gameplay that makes the game genre and i'm and i would also uh debate that it's the story development of the character in all honesty there is no wrong answer to this we are both right and if you combine those together that's what makes street fighter so great you know that that in hindsight it is just it's something for everybody to love about this game or all the games out there now so i mean it's it's just awesome i love it um you just it's just so much to love about this game and what it has done to impact the way we you know love video games to this day a lot of it is credited to um Street Fighter Two, you know, just how we vicarious play it through these characters and the way we play these games, the character design, the artwork, you know, the art, the artwork. Oh my god, we can't even talk about Street Fighter Two without talking about the art style. Like part of the reason why that there's such a great lore, and this is why, because from an artist standpoint, I love it and would really appeal to me is the art design the character design of these there are tons of different dozens of different artists that is sketched and drawn from this company over the years um akiman is one of them uh one of my favorites of the bunch um and now we got the udon entertainment crew which is founded by uh, Longvo, who i had the opportunity to uh, host a panel with and chamba who's another one who does absolutely awesome work for um udon entertainment because they are the artists that now work on the street fighter games and all of the capcom games uh now and it's it's some of the most beautiful forms of character design i've ever seen in any video game out there and so much so that they sold many many illustration books out there i have in my office here a 30 pound Illustration book that I got from uh, San Diego Comic Con, which Longvo actually uh, sketched in there as well. This is a funny thing; is this was all before I actually. This was years before I ended up doing a panel for these guys, and in, at uh, in Keystone Comic Con here, thanks to Repop uh, out here. It was just come full circle with that. Um, I, I I I really just so much to this game series that I that I love here. This, Street Fighter Two has made a great impact in my life. I, I mean, it's easy, to, it's easy to tell by me talking right now. From my love to the story and narrative in the video games, to the character development, to the character design, which later developed my craft as an artist and a designer, much like Transformers did when, in terms of logo design, and even having the opportunities to connect with people who played a major part in the game's history, from actors like Kyle Ebert who plays Ryu, who's been on this show you hear him all the time he also plays the voice of gohan from dragon ball uh z and super um ruben langdon the voice of ken masters and the voice of dante from devil May cry you hear that all the time on this show he's been on the show both of them been on the show like three or four times uh can't thank them enough and then to artists like longvo and chamba who chamba recently made um an appearance on this show last year and you can always check out that interview on talktomelive.com and archives of that on air as well it's just just awesome street fighter 2 more than anything and any other game that i've ever played or will play has been the most influence of all the games i've played ever in my life um to that i thank capcom for their fantastic contribution as well as not adding anababa and a <laughs> into it as well uh, and their contributions to the video game world i will also thank former capcom game producer yoshinori ono for helping to revitalize not only street fighter the street fighter franchise but also the fighting game genre in general because if a lot of you remember the fighting game genre was dying down over the years because th- there hasn't been any popularity for it yoshinori ono can be credited for being the one to help revitalize it by coming out with street fighter 4 waking everybody up and in and, and the cra- fighting game craze returned and evo became more popular again and just so much has happened since then and street fighter 5 also plays a factor in that as well but one thing is for sure is that games like Guilty Gear, Strive, and which is coming out later this year, Dragon Ball Fighters, uh, and many, many others would not have been able to be in any position in this industry if not for the success of Street Fighter 2. And for that, thank you. Thank you for that as well, man. So you know, if you're a Fighting Game fan, I, I like I said I highly recommend going to get you know, just from a even if from a collector's standpoint, and I collect a lot of games digitally, just for archival reasons. Street Fighter 30th Anniversary Collection is a must because you will learn a lot about the development of how what they were putting. You'll see all the pictures of what I just talked about in there as well, but you can also venture through other, you know, forms of uh, research as well, like to learn more about the the April Fool's joke to learn more about how much they you know uh, you know racked up in terms of revenue and whatever like there's so much out there and a lot of the games that you know I, I haven't even remotely talked about SNK versus uh Capcom or versus Street Fighter or whatever and, and how Capcom's you know popularity end up even working with Marvel to make Marvel versus Capcom I mean the versus series alone in in the in the spinoffs that is spawned you know it's just amazing it created this whole entire universe of games that we now love to this day and again rival schools let's talk about that let's not talk about that let's bring that back so you know so much so much is owed to this game and it's, it's just awesome so go out your way to check it out and just celebrate 30 years of this greatness here folks that will do it for this edition of select start i hope you guys enjoyed it i hope you guys are fighting game fans out there enjoying this and um look forward to much much more i'm so looking forward to playing guilty Gear drive and king of fighters when it comes out i just need to play a fighting game again i haven't played a fighting game in ages so i am eagerly anticipating these games to come out but for now we will have to move on to other games such as super mario 3d world which is out today out now oh, for digital downloaders it opened and is available at 12 midnight last night and is available now at Feet for those who pre-ordered especially we will be reviewing that next week this game was originally for the wii u and i never owned a wii u so i never got a chance to really play this game but now i have the chance and my thing is nothing's gonna beat mario odyssey i truly believe nothing's going to be Mario odyssey but it'll see what they do with this because they also added bowser's fury which is a new expansion story as well that's supposed to you know take things to a whole nother uh level here i think a whole nother level may be a drinking game for this episode go back and see how many times i said a whole nother level in this game in this uh, episode but we will be reviewing that next week i'm going to take time to play this game and enjoy this game i played only one stage and so far it feels pretty cool and fun to play i mean there's a lot of great mario games out there i wouldn't that you know it's hard to say that it's any of them are bad um all right maybe one i can think but the rest of them nah but i'll be reviewing it next week plus all the news that are gonna hopefully come down from next week and see what happens next from here this sunday however on the prime show also comes out today this is black history month so i can't i would be remiss if i don't talk about something that relates to the history of my people so a new movie's coming out that's available in theaters and in hbo max known as judas and the black messiah a movie that has been said to definitely that is definitely going to get some oscar buzz in here uh you have a lot of great actors in here most a lot of them from black panther this is something that john uh, ryan kugler is a part of um this is going to be interesting i've been waiting for this this looks really good and this is to to all of those you know we went through a lot in 2020 we are looking to make change to accept the history of the black community and what uh, what my people has gone through in in the past decades this is going to be another lesson for you to learn This is going to be a a movie that you want to check out, especially as we are trying to make change in this world to see, you know, what we went through, what has been ignored and what we're trying to do to make that, you know, not to make sure that that doesn't happen again. So, you know i'm looking forward to checking out this game but we'll be talking about this uh not this game this movie we'll be talking about this movie on sunday along with a lot of other very interesting news and announcements that have come out as well and if i am correct because i will say this now february 14th is going to be on a sunday it will be valentine's day so we'll talk about a little bit too but also the trailer to justice league has been set to premiere on valentine's day Uh, the Snyder Cut, if you will. So we'll be talking about that and as well as Gina Carano and as stupid as well. We'll talk about all that on Sunday. So (laughs) thank you all for checking out this show. You can also check out this episode and all other episodes on TalkTimeLive.com including our exclusive interviews which you can go on the exclusive page on that website or you can type in TalkTimeLive.com forward slash exclusive. You can find all of our recent interviews, and more. You can also never miss a episode ever if you subscribe to great platforms like Spotify, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Podbean, TuneIn, Audible, uh, Pocket Cast, and Pandora. That's where we're all at officially, and you can check it out and never miss a beat from there. So, with that said, folks thank you again uh continue to be safe enjoy today's episode of wandavision of course we'll be talking about that as well on sunday after the explosive reveal from last week i am going to um get go check it out right now and for that all i gotta say is learn to let go live life and love all things anime comics movies and games this is acmg presents talk time live i am out of here talk to you guys soon